A lot of what people experience is quote unquote normal memory loss. So the way I, and I'll just give you a quick way to, um, in between, to, to differentiate between normal and abnormal memory loss. If it is impeding your daily functioning, um, then you want to like go to a memory clinic, speak to a neurologist or get some help. But if you're forgetting your keys or your glasses once in a while, that's not dementia. If it's happening at a tough point where you cannot function because you can't get anyone time because you can never find your keys or your phone or your glasses, then that's more serious. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I've been a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to another live broadcast, live recording of the Nursing Home Podcast, a podcast that I introduce differently every single episode, but it's a podcast that you that will help you understand in real terms and simple terms some of the complexities facing those living, managing, working in nursing homes, other senior care settings, and all issues pertaining to the senior population. In today's episode, I forgot what we're going to talk about. No, but we are going to talk about the concept of memory loss. A lot of us, we all know that there's, uh, we, we know unfortunately the numbers, the, the percentages of, of people who are going to end up with dementia is rising and it's something that we're not comfortable with. And the question many times is, what can we do to slow it down? Can we reverse it? Can we know when it's coming? Are there ways of managing it, dealing with it? Um, people have dementia before they had dementia, their memory was fine. So to the, really excited to discuss this topic today on the podcast. And in order to do this effectively, we have brought on a geriatric social worker memory coach who teaches memory improvement courses online to midlifers and seniors. I wonder what age midlifers are. Over the past 20 years... She has, uh, she's been 20 years in the field with a variety of clinical and administrative experience. Okay. So with no further ado, welcome Rena Yudkowsky. Rena, welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm excited to be with you. Okay. Same here. So Rena, before we go on and start jumping into some of the meat and potatoes of what we're going to discuss today, um, if you don't mind, can you give our listeners, anybody who's watching, um, can you give a little bit of an overview of how you came to doing this? Yes. Um, and I love the fact that you called this the nursing home podcast because that's really how I came to do this. When okay. I was about 16 years old, um, all my friends went to camps, but I didn't. I went to the nursing home to volunteer. I don't know why. I don't know that first time why I went to the nursing home, but after that, that is where I spent my summers, volunteering in the nursing homes in Baltimore, where I'm from Baltimore. I currently live in Israel, but that is what I did as a teenager. And I loved it. I loved it. I sang, I danced, I played bingo, whatever we did, you know, 25 years ago in nursing homes. We, we've come a long way since then, but um, I loved it. I loved it, loved it. So then I went for, 
fast forward a few years, I went for a degree in um, a master's in social work and I specialized in clinical aging is what they called it. Um, I then moved to Israel and did all sorts of things in the geriatric field here in Israel over the past 21 years that I'm living here. Um, I was the director of development for a community club for elderly. I trained staff in dementia care. Um, I did a lot of interesting things. And then I took a course in memory improvement and I loved it. I, I worked a lot with dementia. Um, in the, obviously in the nursing homes. And then my first job out of graduate school, I was the head of an Alzheimer's department of a assisted living facility in Baltimore. Don't ask how I got that job. That's another story. <laughs> um, so I really worked a lot with Alzheimer's care. Um, so when you do, you sort of wonder like, what makes memory work and what makes memory not work? And it's really fascinating. So then I studied it. I took a course here in Israel in Hebrew, studied it, read the books, listened to the webinars, spoke to the doctors, did a lot of research and put together my own course in English that I've taught live until this year, I taught live in many places in Israel. And even before COVID, I wanted to go online with this. And then COVID just um, sort of helped me do that a lot faster. And really uh, my seniors are now where? At home in front of their computers needing cognitive stimulation. So pretty much I'm in the right place at the right time by putting this all online. Um, that's a quick a quick overview of my 20 years in the field. <laughs> got it, got it. Okay, well, thank you for that complete uh, answer. So let's let's jump into some of the challenges. And it is interesting, you know, how you jumped into this industry at a relatively young age and yeah. stayed there and and really connected to this population. But you've you, you turned your hobby into a profession and you got yourself properly educated and certified and. And now, you know, are actually helping people out. And for for us, it's a benefit that this is one a benefit of COVID that you've you know been forced to to broaden your net. And we probably wouldn't be having this conversation um, otherwise. 100%. That's right. <laughs> right. So so you know, thank you for spending a few, uh, some a few minutes here. So let's start off. I know this is not a question that we're supposed to talk about, but let's just start from the very beginning. Has this always been the case that people as they aged um, have been suffering challenges to the memory, short-term memory? Um, is this something that is changing over time? And and when does that actually start happening? Like at what age does that actually start happening? When, when should people start being nervous about this? Okay, you just asked like five different questions in one. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll answer them, that's okay. So when should, I'll start from the last one. When should people start being nervous? They shouldn't be nervous. Um, because there's so much you can do to empower yourself to age more healthfully and keep your memory stronger longer. So um, in terms of being nervous, only if it's something that's abnormal. A lot of what people experience is quote unquote normal memory loss. So the way I, and I'll just give you a quick way to, um, in between, to, to differentiate between normal and abnormal memory loss. If it is impeding your daily functioning, um, then you want to like go to a memory clinic, speak to a neurologist or get some help. But if you're forgetting your keys or your glasses once in a while, that's not dementia. If it's happening at a, to a point where you cannot function because you can't get anyone time because you can never find your keys or your phone or your glasses, then that's more serious. Um, it's normal to forget where you put your keys. It's not normal to pick up your keys and say, I don't know what to do with these. It's normal to drive past an exit and daydream. Like I think we all daydream once in a while when we're driving and like, oh, I just missed the exit. A lot of us do that. But it's not normal to say, I don't know which exit to take to get home. So again, when it's impeding your daily functioning, then you can go check into it. 
And even then, there are a lot of physical causes that could be um, that could be causing the memory loss. It's not necessarily dementia. So we don't assume it's dementia until we get a diagnosis of dementia because it could be so many other things causing it. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that fear. That a lot of people are scared if they had a parent or grandparent with Alzheimer's or any of the different types of dementias um, that they're going to get it. So genetics is only one piece of the puzzle. And we used to think that it was a big piece. And as we go, as we have more research, we understand it's a smaller and smaller piece of the puzzle. So now they're saying that genetics is about one third of the whole puzzle and two thirds are lifestyle factors, things that you can do to um, to stay sharper longer. And that's that's the, that's where I come in. That's the part where I come in. I can't change your genetics. I can help you with um, live a healthier lifestyle, um, empower you to believe in your memory, feel more confident, and giving you tools, techniques, and tips to do that. Got it. So just so I know, so if if I go home and I mix up the names of all my children, and no I have to spit out six names till I get the right one, that that's normal. Okay. I have yet to figure out why we do it. I don't think it's a memory issue. Everyone does this, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's like we know which kid is which name, right? <laughs> right? As long as you know which kid you're trying to communicate with, and you're putting the right kid to bed at the right time, then then you're in, you're in a good place. And if so, not, you know, don't worry. <laughs> so you mentioned something about believing in your ability to remember. To what extent does our belief affect our ability to remember? And how do we go ahead and, and empower those beliefs? Oh, this is one of my favorite topics. Okay. So, um, you know, so many people, when I meet them, right away, what do they say to me? They say, I'm bad at names. I'm not going to remember your name. I can't remember names. Now, because of what I do, I do not let anyone get away with that anymore. <laughs> I tell them right here and now how to remember my name. And when I do, they always remember my name. And whenever they see me after that, they go, oh, I know your name. Um, people have a script in their heads. I'm bad at names. I'm too old to remember names. It's too hard. Um, I'm really forgetful. I have a bad memory. There's no such thing as a bad memory. It's a trained or untrained brain. Just like it's like saying I have a weak bicep muscle. What would you tell me if I said I have a weak bicep muscle? You'd say, Rena, go pick up some weights and lift some weights, right? Same thing with our brains. The more you use it, the more you keep it or as we use it or lose it. So the first step of remembering anything is believing that you can. And our self-talk is the program that our computer runs on. Our brain is our computer, right? And our self-talk is the program that it runs on. So if your program is going, you're bad at names, you can't remember anything, you have a very small chance of remembering the name of the next person you meet. But if your computer says, Go for it. You can remember anything you want. You have techniques because Rena just taught you these amazing techniques that work. You just pull a technique out of your toolbox, you apply it, and it works. Um, it takes a little bit of practice and training, just like uh, having a stronger bicep muscle does, right? You have to train those muscles. Mm -hmm. It takes a little bit of training, a little bit of time investment, like anything good that you want to accomplish. Uh, but then when, when, it, when, even when you get to the point where we call it the senior moment, it's like, what's her name? So instead of panic, you go, it's going to come to me in one minute. It's a totally different feeling when you have a technique that you can employ. And when you have the feeling of like, I, I got this, I got this. I can't remember it right now, but in one minute, after I take a few deep breaths, it's going to come to me. Totally different feeling. Okay. So uh, let me just unpack that a little bit, because isn't this true about any skill, any challenge that we face? It's not limited to memory, but if we say that I am not good, I'm not handy, which by the way, I'm not. Okay. Right. 
<laughs> so does that mean that when there's a, a loose screw in a doorknob that you can't tighten it? Something which it's it's a physical uh, move. You can do that. You know, it's a, a mental block. So if you remove those those mental blocks, even without even without any tools, even without anything, just you know, stop telling yourself all these mind games. But things we can and cannot do it. Obviously, that can dramatically um, change the way with our success at doing anything. And if instead of just removing "I am not handy," we replace it with "I am handy," right? And and the way we do that is because we went to Home Depot and asked the guy how to turn a screw or which screw to buy or whatever. So then the next time that happens, instead of panicking and saying, "Oh, I can't do this stuff," it's I can do this stuff and and here's how because I've exercised, you know, and learned whatever it is that I'm struggling with. So that applies that I think the the uh what's unique about what you said, your comment is that you can do this with memory as well and that there are tools and techniques which if if employed and if exercised and if learned and mastered, they can actually help even when there is a real memory challenge. I don't know if I'm right or wrong on that. Yes, absolutely. So, um, no. it's, yes, it's use it or lose it. And in addition to actually the tools and techniques, I would also add brain exercises. So in a lot of what I do, I'm, I'm giving people the brain exercises to actually use it to really stimulate and ch challenge the brain in a way that it gets stronger. So other than your first-hand experience, which I want to hear about, Mm -hmm. Is there documented like studies that show uh, that those who use it don't lose it as quickly? A hundred percent. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> uh -huh. and, uh, and what about now? Let's go to your firsthand experience uh, with working with. First of all, yeah. do you you work with seniors directly? I do. Um, I say midlifers and seniors because um, I find that whoever I meet and I tell them what I do, no matter what their age is, they say, "Oh, I need that." So whether they're 30, 40, 50, 60, like really any age says, oh, I need that. But I say midlifers and seniors. So I say pretty much 50 plus because people in their 50s tend to start really, really worrying about their memory. Um, and that there are several reasons for that. So I say midlifers and seniors. So I'm actually not only talking about like 80 and 90 year olds. I'm really talking about younger. And I don't even like to put an age on it because really it's anyone who's concerned about their memory. I can help. Um, what about let's let's back up a step because. The, the context of the conversation so far is memory loss, right? So memory loss, I'm, I'm saying things, but now that you're the expert here, I'm nervous to say stuff. But well, hey, I'll you wrong. <laughs> all right, fine. So the way I always understood is that memory loss is something physical that's happening to our brains as we age. And maybe some of it can be slowed down. Maybe some of it can't. And we want to know about tools that we can use to either slow it down, to strengthen those muscles, and you know how we could deal with that, but forget memory loss for a minute. Let's assume there's no memory loss. There's still some people have a better memory. Some people have. Some people are not as skilled. It's not a, a, a muscle that's exercised. So this part of the brain maybe is not as exercised as other parts. Um, so so let's. Someone is a, a student in school. Yeah. Someone's 15 years old. Can they use these same and and they're healthy? Their brains are fine. And there's no memory loss at all. But they still say, you know, uh, I can't remember names, you know, yeah. when you have a list. I can't remember dates and history, all these things. Yeah. How do you, do you work with them and can they use these skills just as well? So, yes, they definitely can use the skills and the techniques are the same. I personally don't work with younger people because I don't enjoy that. I'm passionate about helping seniors improve their memory. 
Um, I have been asked by schools to come in and do this. I'm just, I'm, thank God, very busy with my senior population. I'm just not interested. Um, having said that, I took on one young um, male client in his 20s. Um, the mother begged me after seeing one of my webinars, she begged me to work with him. He had some cognitive deficits from, um, based on history from birth. Um, and I told her very honestly, I'm not, I really don't work with this population, but I will try. He did so incredibly beyond my expectations. I went through my whole course with him, but one-on-one. -on -one. Usually I teach a course online for a group of seniors or people. Mm -hmm. I did it one-on-one -on -one with him as a private client because really I couldn't put him in any of my groups because he was about 50 years younger than everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, so I did it one-on-one -on -one with him and he learned the techniques. He was motivated. He in increased his confidence. He increased, he took every technique I used and applied it to his learning, his Gamara learning actually. Um, so that was super successful in a way that I didn't even quote unquote believe in. Not, not that I didn't believe it could help, but I really didn't have experience in working with young people that way. And it was such a good experience for both of us. Um, so that's where I had to stay. I did. And I did stay open-minded to help him. I didn't say no, but, um, I wasn't sure where it was going to go because I didn't know exactly what was going on in his brain, but mm -hmm. it helped him tremendously. But if you want to, can I share some results from the senior population? Sure. Please do. after they do this so first of all the hope the hope and the empowerment it's like one lady said to me um you just re you totally restored my hope in believing in my memory the, I, I did not think i could believe in my memory to last and you totally restored that hope um some people come to me having traumatic brain injuries in their past um i mean many years ago and she was nervous. She was nervous because, you know, now she's 65. And when she was 25, she had a traumatic brain injury and she had a mother with Alzheimer's. So she was really nervous. She did my whole course, um, the full 18 hour course. It's very comprehensive. And she walked away feeling so much calmer and so much better about, um, about her whole aging process. And it's just so, so much fun for me to see that, like that positivity, the light bulb, the empowerment go on um and then people have like specific specifics of like yeah i was looking i couldn't remember someone's name and i got it after i used your technique i bumped into a lady here in ramap hms who had taken my course years ago she said to me lena whenever i don't remember something i know it's because i'm not listening to you <laughs> she like she hears my voice if i would just listen to rena i would remember this <laughs> she just wasn't wow. the technique that she knew she had wow so just from listening to the way you shared what you just did it's becoming clear to me why you're so passionate about this is because there are so many people who I'm thinking of specific people as we speak who are who are they're really scared because we cannot control aging, right? This the only thing that's definite is right death and taxes. So so we cannot control um, as as we get older and certain things are going to change whether we like it or not. And we have all sorts of reasons that we tell ourselves well, you know why we may be more at risk. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. Uh, but really, besides for the actual tactics, it's, it's like you just said, it's the, the hope and the positivity that, that this, is, you know, this is not gloom and doom. And right. there are methods of, of dealing with this, and they can look forward to happy years of, you know, of, of working with their full uh, faculties, being fully aware and alive and functional. Because you know, if you're concerned, if I can't remember anything, then you know, well, the quality of life is, is you know, almost gone yeah 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 memory is pretty integral to our identities um you know we are our memories you know it's really it's 
Um, it's a really important part of ourselves. Okay, so let's let's get practical here. So yeah. you have let's assume we're talking not to let's say a student, but we're talking to some, a midlifer, someone who sees themselves as a step before. Um, where they see they see the dangerous signs in their mind, whatever age they might be in, and they want to know what can they do. Um, is all hope lost? Can they slow things down? Other than playing Sudoku, um, or maybe that's one of the suggestions. What what can they do? Okay, so there's a lot of things we can do. Um, the first of all, a healthy lifestyle. So diet and exercise. There's a tremendous amount of research that shows that diet and exercise can really help our brain health or brain fitness. Um, I'm not going to go through the specifics now because I have like a one hour webinar on this, but mm -hmm. I will just say that when you exercise, it is like pouring water on a plant. So exercise to your brain is like water on a plant. What does water do to a plant? It makes it grow, right? Physical exercise makes our brain grow. It's called neurogenesis. We grow new brain cells when we exercise. So that is super important. If you are not exercising, start now. If you are exercising, keep doing it, no matter what age you are. And it's never too late to start. So I don't care if you are 85 with dementia, start exercising. That's number yeah. one. Number two is the healthy diet. Uh, there's a lot of foods that are good for the brain, and there are a lot of foods that are not good for the brain. Um, it's pretty much the, again, the underlying principle is what's good for the heart is good for the brain. So all the processed food and junk that we eat is really bad for our brain. It uh, causes inflammation. It causes um, the sugar. The sugar actually makes our brain not produce something called BDNF. BDNF is the neurotrophic factor in our brain that makes us grow new brain cells. So when we eat sugar and we lead a sedentary lifestyle and we have a lot of stress, guess what? We don't produce a lot of BDNF. We want to produce BDNF because that's what grows our brain cells. So exercise, eating healthy is going to create BDNF in our brain, which helps us grow new brain cells. So that's the lifestyle. Then there's the cognitive stimulation, which is the piece I do. It's the um, really, the Sudoku is one piece of it, but there's so many more. Sudoku is good for one part of your brain, but we want to uh, cross train our brain. We want to work out our whole brain. So it's going to include a lot of different brain exercises and new learning. New learning is very, very important. So I don't care if you're learning math formulas or digital marketing or chemistry or, um, or new language. New languages are great for the brain. Any new learning is really, really good for your brain because it's going to stimulate new brain cells. That's basically the bottom line. So new learning is important. And then there's the piece social stimulation, which is a real challenge now with COVID, uh, especially with older people and nursing homes. We're talking about serious isolation issues. Um, I've already had seniors tell me, I've been doing webinars all over, and the seniors on the webinars have been telling me personally they feel their cognition going down because they are locked in their house and not seeing other people and they're not socializing. And it's a serious, serious health concern. Um, what, so, what can they do uh, to alleviate that? Right. So, okay. One thing is really just um, zoom, you know, whatever you can do on zoom, which is not the same as live, but it's something it's not sitting home alone, zoom classes, lectures, workshops, parties, friends, grandchildren, whatever you can do on zoom, at least you're seeing someone on a screen. It's not the same, but it's something I'm trying to just go out walking. If you can just get out a walk and not be close to people, but to see people and to get air and sun is really, really important. But even seeing strangers, they, I saw a research study recently, which it surprised me, which is even just seeing strangers outside is, um, is good for your socialization. It doesn't even have to be like close friends. 
I mean, obviously, close friend is a different level of a relationship and socialization. But even just being outside and seeing strangers and talking to strangers is also good. Wow. So, so really important to older people. Mm -hmm. So I think the question is, so I, what's surprising to me is the first couple of things that you shared is that physical exercise and physical health and eating correctly, that those are things that affect the uh, your uh, person's mental health. Is it, it the last thing you mentioned of the, you know these mental stimulants and doing different types of mental exercises, learning something new, social interactions, all those types of things that we understand that directly related to the to the brain. Are those do those impact um, a person's memory more than the physical, uh, the, more than the physical exercises, and those are just icing on the cake? Um, or, or is, uh, yeah, I guess I want to know, like, to what extent really is running on the treadmill going to help me remember uh, to take my food out of the microwave? It, it's going to help. <laughs> it's going to help. It's hard to say which factor has the most effect. Really, it's, there's, there's, if there was any one magic pill to keep your memory, we'd all be doing it, right? So there okay. is no one magic pill. Like with everything, like with weight loss, like with heart health, there's going to be a myriad of factors that are going to affect it. So it's hard for me to say um, what's the most important, but physical exercise is up there. It's really up there. <laughs> um, like if there's one thing you want to do right now for your brain, get up and do 20 jumping jacks. <laughs> um, another yeah. thing which I didn't mention is sleep. Sleep is a huge factor in cognition. Um, as we get older, it gets harder to sleep. And that really, really affects our memory. And there, um, people come to me and say, I know it's my sleep and I just can't fix it, whatever the issues are. And I try to work, you know, work through that issue with them. But sleep is another factor that really, really affects cognition. Water, hydration is another huge one. When, when you're super hydrated, you can't think clearly, right? Like when it's, we feel the extreme examples, but for seniors, um, water is a very important part of um, helping their brain work properly. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, obviously, the cognitive stimulation is the, is the part that I focus on. And um, focus. We didn't talk about that. You want to talk about focus for a second? Let's do that. Yeah. So a very, like, when you talk about younger people complaining about memory, a lot of times it's focus. Now, I'm not saying that they're ADD. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. But when our brain is going in, choo, 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 in 100 directions at once and we can't quiet it, that is gonna affect our memory. So when you forget to take something out of the microwave because you went on to do six other tasks, it's not your memory, it's your focus and your attention. Our brain and our bodies are not always in the same place, right? Like I, my brain could be in Honolulu and my body could be reading a book. My eyes could be reading a book, my brain's in Honolulu, so I can't remember what I just read. It's not a memory issue. It's, it's related to memory, but it's focus and attention. So I actually have some really good tips. Can I share at least one with you now to help people? Do. Sure. Okay. So, and this is very common and it, this actually gets hot. It does get harder and worse as we get older. It gets harder to pay attention to more than one thing at a time. Like when you're 20 and 30, you can get away with it. Usually as you get older, it gets more difficult to pay attention to more than one thing at a time. And therefore you need to stop multitasking. I told you before we, we mentioned this. So we're all used to doing a hundred things at once. We all think it's so efficient and effective. Guess what? Multitasking trips up your brain. Um, it makes you less productive. It makes you less creative. It actually, this is an interesting one. 
it lowers your IQ by 15 points temporarily, just temporarily. So if you really want to focus on a business plan, or you want to really write up a sales letter, or you want to, whatever task you're trying to focus on, if you do not give it your full attention, and really turn off your phone, turn off all the ringers, turn off all the dingings and notifications, you're going to get distracted. And it's going to take you much longer to finish that task. And you're going to, every time you go back to it, right? Every time you get distracted, then you go back to it. Your brain has to switch back into that gear. We are wasting so much time on distractions. Um, now, social media is not helping this at all. Um, but again, everything in our life has to be, you know, in moderation and at the right time and the right place. Um, people have a really hard time with that. But in general, if you want to remember what you're doing, do one task at a time. Now, younger people always say to me, I'm too busy, Rena. I'm too busy. Say, no problem, but then don't come to me and complain to me that you forgot where you put your glasses, you can't find your car in the parking lot, and you left something in the microwave. So, but so if you really want to master that, what we call memory, but it's not memory, it's attention, slow it down, really pay attention to what you're doing. Um, and this is about mindfulness. It's like, how could you eat breakfast and then not remember what you ate? It's because you were checking your phone, reading the newspaper, maybe mm -hmm. talking to someone. So if you really want to remember what you ate, eat mindfully. And this is actually a technique they tell for people to lose weight, right? Because what do we do? We gobble our food down without thinking about it. But if you're mindfully eating, mindfully praying, or mindfully talking to your child, it's a very different task than doing it with your head in 100 different places. But for those of us that are a little ADD, it's hard. It's challenging. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned from you know social media, it, it, it teaches us and we need our fix. We need to see that notification with a red dot next to it or a number that we need it. We need to see what is going on. What's this next newest stupidity that just happened that we must know about right now, which right. means that if we're going to sit for 20 minutes of even a short amount of time, un, uninterrupted time where we want to, we have, a, like you said, an important letter that has to be written write the sales copy for an upcoming campaign or write a speech for, for an event or whatever it is, something important. It's not the amount of time that we have. It's the amount of focus time. So like literally put your phone on do not disturb. And if you did win the $980 million lottery or whatever it is, they will find a way to let you know. It might take, might take actually 20 minutes, but you know, it's okay. You'll have a, you'll have a life at least for 20 more minutes before it gets disrupted by that. But the point, yeah, this is something which is, I could tell you personally, that it certainly works. Um, sometimes you might be eating your breakfast, you don't care what you ate for breakfast, and you only want to focus on the other task, and that might not be a bad thing necessarily, but then you just can't complain that you were, that your attention was on the book you were listening to, or the road, or the conversation you were having, and you just need, you would have pressed the button to inject the food if it was possible, and you just know that you needed that energy. Um, I, I'm just seeing the time and that um, you've really shared so much already in this episode. Two more things maybe before we let you go. Number one is what is the most misunderstood uh, aspect of memory loss that you would want to write and you want to clarify? Um, I think, okay. I think people think that um, getting older equals losing your memory. And it does not. Getting older does not equal losing your memory. It is not inevitable. It is not going to happen no matter what. Now, are there, you know, can we 100% prevent dementia? No, we can't. Are there 
at least 70% of the risk factors for dementia are preventable? Yes, at least. And it's even, I've heard doctors say more than that. At least 70% of the risk factors for dementia are preventable. Um, so, okay, so the myth is growing older does not equal losing your memory. That's the myth. Um, yeah. So much that, you know, with the current research, it's so hopeful and so empowering, empowering that there's so much we can do to stay sharper longer. That's really the message I want people to know. Okay, so just to, to, to the next point, uh, for, thank you for that. Um, the, the next point, this is something that I was curious about. Someone already has advanced dementia, uh, dementia, let's just call it, someone already has dementia, they're already suffering from this thing, diagnosed, there's no question about it. Is there anything they can do to slow it down or, or even more than that? Is there any way that they can reverse some of the damage that was already done? Okay, good question. So, you know, if you would have asked me this 20 years ago, I would have said, no, there's nothing you can do. But being that it's the year 2021 and we've come a long way, there's a Dr. Dale Bredesen. His book is called The End to Alzheimer's. And he has a protocol that he is reversing dementia. Now, again, it's no, no magic pill and it's not one thing you need to do. It's a whole program that includes a lot of things I just said. It includes diet, exercise, um, cognitive stimulation, and a, and a lot of specifics and I'm not, and the diet is not easy. The diet they put you on is not an easy one, especially for someone with dementia to keep to and for the caregiver to keep, you know, to help with. But Dr. Bredesen is reversing dementia with his protocol, with his whole program. His book, The End of Alzheimer's is very interesting for anyone who has a loved one with dementia. I would definitely recommend reading that. There's also a Dr. Daniel Amen, A-M-E-N. His book is called The Brain Warrior's Way. He's also doing brain scans and then putting people on a program. So let's say they have, it could be traumatic brain injury, it could be dementia, it could be ADD. He works with all these things. He puts them on a program and then he scans their brain afterwards. And there's a lot of, a lot of improvement. Um, so I, I'm still like nervous to say that we can totally reverse dementia because um, there's no drugs that really work. And, but there is, so that's, I always, I always send people to Dr. Bredesen because there is a protocol um, it's you can't snap your fingers and a piece of it is what I do. Like I do a piece of that, which is the cognitive stimulation and the brain training. Got it. Got it. So at the last point, um, which I'm just looking at your site right now and I see in big letters, getting older does not equal losing your memory. So <laughs> we got it right there. Yeah. Um, before we, so I know you mentioned before we started this conversation that you have a unique program that you are running online. So can you just give us, you know, the short version of what that is and how our listeners and viewers can take advantage of that? Yes. So right now I have a program called Remembership. It's a three-month membership, Remembership. And the fun thing about this is that you get a short video a week with a memory tip or technique that you can do whenever you want. It's very convenient. And it's not, my, my long course is a lot more information. This is short videos every week with a practical tip. Thank you. Oh, there you go. And, um, and every week you also get a brain exercise. So we were talking about that brain stimulation. I give it to you. Every week you get a fun, new, varied, interesting brain exercise you do when you want. And then once a month, we hop on a live group coaching call where I answer your questions and we just talk about the information that was going on in the videos that you saw. And the cool thing about this is you do it at your own pace and it doesn't expire. So whenever you want, you can you can buy into a membership. It's a three month membership program, and it's fun. The feedback has been fantastic. People feel so much calmer knowing that there's something they could do. Okay, amazing, amazing. So again, so you go to 
We'll we'll put the link um, in the show notes, but we'll just speak it out right now. It's rinayudkowski.com slash re-membership. The word membership with re or remember with ship, however you want to say it. Um, But that's where the course is. Rina, thank you very much for coming on the Nursing Home Podcast today. Thank you for sharing some of this really important, encouraging and empowering uh, information, which doesn't just apply to nursing home residents. But if there are activity directors who many times will get involved in this or people who are running dementia programs, these are some very actionable and practical tips and also some great resources um, to help with this. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.